Your old man was murdered. Yeah, threw a group out the week before for drug dealing. They were very, very well-known gangsters. They come back a week later and, and killed him. You know, growing up from 11 onwards without a dad's quite hard, you know? I was very angry. For a couple of years, I was on like a suicide mission, picking fights with doormen and gangsters, and I was lucky to come out the other side. Mm. This woke generation, yeah. they can't take- soft, it? Too soft. Really soft. I know what I'm saying mm. is what the majority think, yeah. but they won't say. Your average person has got a job, they've got a boss. They don't want to be seen to be rocking That's the boat. Right. I've had top celebrities, names that, you know, household names, text me and say, Welcome to the Eventful Lives Podcast. I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the founder of Bournemouth Sevens, the world's largest sport and music festival. On this podcast, I speak to proper characters of all lived eventful lives. Do us a favour and hit that follow button and be sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dodge Woodall, where we've now had over 100 million views. Adam Brooks is an entrepreneur, publican, and boxer, also known for his straight-talking views on GB News. Adam owned one of the coolest bars in Essex, filled with Premier League footballers from Chelsea, West Ham and Tottenham, as well as London's elite gangsters. He also delves into becoming a boxer on KSI's Misfits events in front of thousands. Adam's a proper good lad. This is the eventful life of Mr. Adam Brooks. Adam, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, very much looking forward to it. Where have you just come down from Essex? Essex, yeah. Little yeah. three-hour drive. <laughs> I stopped, I stopped off at the uh, services, had a little cup of tea. Break it up. Yeah, yeah Lovely, yeah. lovely. Let's roll all the way back. Where did you grow up and how did you end up becoming a publican TV presenter and now boxer? Right, so my family's originally from Bethnal Green, um, but via West London, we ended up in Essex when I was like three. Um, grew up above pubs. Um, you grew up above pubs? Yeah, grew up above Yeah, same pubs. here. Did you, yeah? Yeah, mate, from the age of three, uh, 18, 19. Strange old uh, childhood, that. It's a, it's every time you meet someone who grew up in pubs, they're a different breed, right? Yeah. You just know, yeah. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. You used to sort of have local kids coming and sort of wanting to play with you in That's a pub right. garden. Fruit and, machine, behind yeah, the bar, pouring pints. Yeah, I've become very good at pool when yeah, I was young. Same, darts same. and everything like that, same. you know. It was... Um, and you're around, I find, uh, growing up in pubs in London, is we had a nightclub next door as well, but you're around lots of naughty people, happy yeah. people. Everyone's wheeling Dean, everyone's earning a pound note, police raids, things going on, madness everywhere. Yeah, it was madness. Yeah. You know, I used to look out of my bedroom window sometimes in the fights I used fights. to see in the car park. I used to and, love it though. I used to watch yeah. it over the bedroom window seeing terror. No, normally it was me dad knocking Not everyone insane. out, you know, so it was um, it was an interesting, yeah. interesting growing up, you mm. know. And one thing I do remember, I don't know if you had this, um, I remember the smell of smoke. Yeah, of course. My bedroom used to just fill up Same. with smoke. And know? kitchen smells of the cooking. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I hate, I've always hated smoking. Yeah. And it, I think it was because as a childhood, it just used to fill my bedroom. Same. Same. Yeah. I, have I didn't know this. Yeah. My old man, I, I, growing up, watching your old man throwing people out the booze or having tear-ups, it was the norm for me. Yeah. Now, my old man was a bodybuilder back in the days, in the right. 80s and 90s, with a big lump of a man. And there was yeah. no doorman back then. There was no like secure or badge doorman or just bouncers. He was the first one to bring the bouncers on the door to save him the asshole, you know? Yeah. Well, like, I used to play rugby. Like, my dad put me into rugby yeah, so. um, as, a, as a young boy. So we used to go to all the tournaments and it used to get a bit heated on, on, the, on, side. on the sidelines. But my dad was very quiet, mild man, but he was a ex-boxer yeah. from the East End, very well known. Yeah. And I used to just dread anyone saying anything to him. 
you know, just because I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And, but luckily it didn't, but he had a few words with people, but he, he seemed to have a way of calming, calming things, things down. down. This is so know? familiar, by the yeah. way. I didn't know this. My old man would be on the side of the pitch while I was playing. He'd have two Alsatians because right. they were the guard dogs. He'd come and watch every single game on the side of the pitch. Mate, this is weird. Yeah, really Mate, weird. Really but weird. It, it's, anyway, back to yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, growing yeah. up in pubs, it was a uh, character building, yeah. as you say. Yeah, definitely character building. You know? How long, where, where, what pubs were you in? East London, was it? Uh, Essex. Essex, okay. Well, from the age of 0 to 3, I was in uh, West London. So Little, Little Venice, made a vow. Okay, nice. Above a pub called The Bridge House. Nice. So my mum used to take me for walks around the um, canals and yeah. all that. She said, like, we'd walk past sort of, druggies and whatever yeah. and then Joan Collins would walk past yeah. on, on the other side so it was a real mix that's right you know it was like a village within London mm. but it was rough and on opening night um, there I mean I wasn't born then uh, local Irish families all come and try to stick it on me dad in the pub on the opening night yeah. and they ended up getting thrown out the windows by like Bethnal Green boxers what a quality you know and then like a lot of threats were made yeah so my dad and his friends went down, I think it was Kennington Market or whatever, upended all their market stalls and said, look, you come to us, we'll come to you. Yeah. So like, it was it was a mad mad time. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't born then, but mm. some of the trouble that happened in that pub, yeah. I mean, it, it, that's why they wanted to move to Essex for a quieter okay. life, but okay. it didn't sort of end up that yeah. way, really. Interesting. So when what was it like Essex growing up? What was school life like for you? School life was all right. Um, sort of, up until 11 I was at a normal sort of state school yeah. um, had my friends I mean many of my friends from junior school ended up in prison or mm. drug addicts you know that there was there was there was characters yeah. but at the age of 11 my mum and dad even though we lived above the pub they paid for private education yeah. for me I was very sporty rugby yeah. swimming so for five years or so I, I had a private education which oh, lovely I, I thank them so much for investing Same. in me Same. you know because I had my friends outside of school but it kept me away from maybe the wrong types the wrong direction that I could have gone in yeah so you know even though I was probably the least educated from um my group of friends at school mm. you know I got the worst grades even mm. though those all right grades mm. it just set me in good stead yeah. you know my sport my sports sort of excelled I had a good life mm. you know so I, I thank them for, yeah. for funding Amazing, that, you know. amazing. And what was life like? Were you living like a double life going to private school and coming back to the boozer? Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, look, I'd, <laughs> I'd, at the age of 11, my dad was murdered in, in our on, family pub. Yeah. Your old man was murdered? Yeah. So a, a machete gang come back. He threw a group out the week before for drug dealing. They were very, very well-known gangsters. Very, you know, the police, they had the police in their pocket and everything. He didn't care. Like my dad had no fear. He didn't help. He didn't ask for help for anyone. It could have been sorted out. He didn't ask for help. They come back a week later and and killed him. You're joking, mate. No. So you know, growing up from eleven onwards without a dad's quite hard. You know, oh, mate. I got fucking shivers. Um, but again, that was where that, were you? Where were you when uh, this happened? So we was moving from one pub. That was on the estate. Yeah. So they were a state pub. So yeah. they were quite lively anyway. Yeah. But we was moving from one pub to another pub. So I was still living above the other one. Yeah. And it, and it happened in the one that we was just about to sort of occupy. But you know, thank God I weren't there because I might have seen something out of the window oh, or whatever. Yeah. But you know, for for a year, 
or probably six months to a year, my mum said he died in a car crash. Okay. It was only that an older cousin said, look, did you see that in the, it was all in the Sun newspaper and whatever. And then, so I, I knew something was up. Mm. So then I started finding out the truth. But it messed me up for, mm. I would say, for a good sort of 10, 15 years. Because I used to think that, oh no, that hasn't happened. He's going to come back. Well, it is. He's, he's got in trouble. And and this this was just a story, yeah. to, you know. But the things that you, you do in your mind as a child, you know, like you, you watch EastEnders and suddenly they come back from the dead, but they were missing, yeah. you know. Like yeah. as a kid, you, you, you fantasize about this sort of thing. And I think for 10 years, I sort of thought he was coming back. Yeah. Wow, you know? man. But when, when I think back about my childhood, I was a very angry teenager, mm. getting in a lot of trouble, like in clubs and bars and, and pubs, which, you know, mm. it's what I'm against now mm. on the other side. Mm. But I was very angry. You know, and alcohol didn't do me any favours. It just amplified yeah. the anger. And I think for a couple of years, I was on like a suicide mission. It's like I was seeking out the most dangerous person I could have a row with, yeah. you know, because I sort of had this, I had this picture in my head of my dad as sort of a, a, as a martyr, as, as someone that I wanted to be. Yeah, well, your hero, was he? Yeah, he was my yeah. hero. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I knew he was a strong man. And what had happened to him, people were talking to me about him. Old friends call your dad, you know, very handy, this, that. Lovely man, but oh, you didn't mess yeah. with him. And that, as a kid, you sort of fantasize about, oh, hold on a minute, I want to be that. Yeah. If something happens to me or when something happens to me, I want people to yeah. say that about me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So I think I went on a bit of like a kamikaze run for a few years, sort of picking fights with doormen and gangsters yeah. and all sorts. And... I think really I was lucky to come out the other side. Mm. And I also, I met my wife at 18. Your we, current wife now? 18. Yeah, 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 yeah. we like 25 years. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, Amazing. yeah. Amazing, well done. Met, met her in uh, Mallorca. Well done to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> she was 16, I was 18. Yeah. And I honestly do believe if I hadn't met her, yeah. she had a good family as well, that I would have gone the wrong way. Yeah. You know, she she pulled me in, not, not enough sometimes mm. during my 20s, mm. but... She pulled me in and I don't think I'd have anything if it weren't for her. Mm. You know, she knows that. I'd, I'd yeah. tell it to her. But even now, she'd say to me, oh, what you said on the telly, I'd, you know, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Or tone that down a little bit. Yeah. It's good to so have, she's, isn't it? So she's on me. Yeah. You know. What's her name? Chloe. Chloe. Massive shout out to Chloe. Yeah, big shout out to Amazing. Chloe. Amazing. Yeah. What was your life like growing up with your mum after your dad passing? So it was hard, you know. It, it was hard. That hit my mum very hard. So before I was born, my mum also lost a son, mm. uh, severely disabled. Um, so she's had a bit of a hard life, my yeah. mum, you know. She's lost her son. She's lost her husband. Uh, she carried on with the pubs for a, a year or so uh, before we come out. But yeah, look, my mum's an absolute warrior. Yeah, but You know, live harder life than most. Yeah. Grew up in... Grew up in the East End where seven of them or whatever in a two bedroom flat. Yeah. You know, so. With a bathroom or a toilet outside. Yeah, look. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they've been through it that yeah. generation. Yeah. But yeah, again, I wouldn't have a lot of it weren't for my mum. She's mm. dug me out of holes when I've needed money mm. or, look, she backed me in my first venture. Yeah. Which was, uh, which I've, I always wanted to have a pub or a bar. Oh, is that what you wanted? Yeah. Is it? To, to keep the family, the family yeah. name going, you yeah. know, and that was our sort of like, 
two fingers up. Yeah. We ain't gone nowhere, mm. you know. Um, but it took two hours 25 to get my first bar. Mm. I, I left school, went to the city. Did you go straight into the city? Did yeah, you? yeah, yeah. And it, you know <laughs> what? That was character building yeah. as well. Something called a life floor. Mm. Um, so it was a lot of like open outcry trading. We used to wear all the coloured jackets. Yeah. But you had like ex-bank robbers as traders up That's there. Right. Like It was mad. Everyone was at it. it, it what year are we talking here? We're talking the 90s. 96. 96, okay. Yeah. I mean, the characters. Yeah. Like I, I walked on the floor. I had long hair back at the time, all slicked back, <laughs> suntanned up. Like I loved the suntan when I was young. And I was immediately called Pretty Boy. Yeah. And that stuck. So I had a name, Pretty Boy, but I was tiny. Like yeah. until until I was about nineteen, twenty, I was tiny. Yeah. And I remember one day, one of one of the other runners, he was like a rugby player for Wasps. He picked me up one hand, and he put me on the coat hanger, and I was just hanging there. I was sixteen, <laughs> right? Mad stories, you know. And it was that that educated me a lot yeah. because you got you you had to learn about banter. Yeah. You had to learn about taking criticism taking abuse. Yeah. You know, I used to be on the phones to the office, um, putting orders into the the pits and they're calling me a C-U-N-T. They're yeah. calling me every name under the sun. Mm. That wouldn't happen now. No. You know, so, I used to enjoy those times when, yeah, men, yeah. when men would say it how it is. Yeah. But I mean, when I look <laughs> back, like it was horrific what yeah. I used to get called and, and what happened. But again, it was character building. Yeah. You know, the real world, you're going to get called names. Yeah. Now, today's generation... <sighs> They can't right. take, you know, they cannot, this woke generation, yeah. they can't it's take. It's soft, isn't it? Too soft. Really soft. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing it, it change month to month. That's how soft this country's yeah. getting. People are... It's, it's scary. Cause it is scary. Again, I've got a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. I've got a 10-year-old daughter. Yeah. And a four-year-old daughter. Yeah. And I'm scared yeah. the way that the world is going mm. because everyone is perpetually offended. Mm. You can't say this. You can't say that. Mm. You know, I've even had... One of my son's teachers said to him, oh, your dad's Twitter account is very interesting. And I know what they're saying, mm. you know. But again, you know, I will just say, like here, I will say what I feel yeah. and I don't really care yeah. what people think. Good for you. You know, There's not many people out there who are as vocal as you saying what you're saying, mm. but there's, like, there's millions of people following you going, you know what? Yeah. What he's saying is the truth. And I know, listen, yeah. I'm a publican. I speak yeah. to people every day. Yeah. You know, I speak to my mates. I speak to people in the street. I, mm. I speak to everyone online. I know what I'm saying mm. is what the majority think. Yeah. But they won't say. Why won't the majority speak up and back you and say, you know what, I'm behind you on because, this? Because, look, we've the culture now is cancel con mm. culture. Mm. So this woke ideology, I call it, you mm. know, it's about shutting people up that they don't like. They don't want to debate me. Yeah, They'd rather get me cancelled, get yeah. me took off the show, get me took off of Twitter. And your average person has got a job. They've got a boss. They don't want to be seen to be rocking That's the boat. Right. So even, you know, I've said this before, I've had top celebrities, names, that, you know, household names, text me and say, bang on what you just said yeah. last night on the, on the channel. Mm. Bang on what you just tweeted. I can't say that. Mm. And I, I feel like saying... Well, nothing's going to change Unless until you, up. you say it. Yeah. But then they lose their sponsorship deal yeah. or they lose their radio gig or, yeah. or whatever. And that's what we've got. We've got corporations mm. now filled with these woke, perpetually offended people yeah. that are controlling our society via, via threats, yeah. really, and labelling. Yeah. 
So, you know, I get called racist online, transphobic, I'm homophobic, I'm I'm a fascist, I'm a Nazi. I'm none of those things. Mm. But these people just throw these labels about because mm. you say something that they disagree with. Mm. So they'd rather, you know, if I put a tweet up. Give me an example of a tweet that's had a, a massive reaction for you. Well, uh, one of the things I really fight back against is like biological men in women's toilets. Oh, so I get I get called a transphobe. Oh, he's anti-trans and all that. I'm not anti-trans. Mm. Mm. Look, Dodge, if, if, if at home or you wanted to go to a bar, mm. wear a dress, nice bit of lippy or whatever, mm. that's down to you. You know, you're not really affecting anyone. But as soon as you walk into that toilet, my wife, my daughter or whatever could end up being exposed to something I don't want them to see. Yeah. And unfortunately, we've got some high-profile names that use women's toilets. They're men. They've got their full tackle. So there's high-profile people using women's toilets yeah. who are blokes, just yeah. as a woman. Yeah. Like who? You've got people like Eddie Izzard that wakes up one morning and decides he, he wants to dress as a woman. Yeah. But if he gets a phone call from Hollywood, he'll go and do a, a role as a man. Yeah. You know, but now... He's saying no. He's he's trans and he he identifies as a woman. I think he calls himself Susie, right? You know, it, it's and again, look. If I see him in the street, yeah, or if someone was giving him, you know, shit in the street, yeah, you back him. I would yeah. say, oh, stop that. Yeah, but I don't want him in the same toilet as my wife, my daughter, my mum, whatever. He's got most trans women who are biological men still have. Yeah. They're meat and two veg. Yeah, yeah. So they're exposing themselves really in changing rooms, in toilets. It's not on. It's not no, on. No, it's not and, on. And even like before before I come here, I was reading certain stories. There's a 50-year-old man in Canada that identifies as a 13-year-old girl and he's allowed to swim against 13-year-old girls mm -hmm. in swimming events. He's allowed to change in the same changing rooms. The parents have objected but because of the like the woke swimming association say we can't you know discriminate he he says he's a 13 year old or he, he says he's a woman we have to respect that no it's, no. it's, it's stupid I'm, i was i was around at a dinner party the other day a friend of ours was telling about their daughter is in a class that she's 12 year old one of the kids in the class identifies as a cat yeah it comes it, stick on ears yeah a tail on its aris and goes he, he, she goes meow instead yeah. of yes. So or they have to or they have to go to the back. They go, I want to get a drink, miss. Mm. Goes back, sticks the tail on, ears on. While everyone's there, there's a cat litter tray at the back. They're on the all fours licking yeah. milk out of a bowl. Are you fucking? This, is, are this you is serious? This is where we've gone so far. The teachers and uh, you know the the teacher associations and unions, mm. they do not want to be seen as not being inclusive and not yeah. supporting these kids. Mm. At the end of the day, that's a mental illness. Let's yeah. have it right. Yeah. But I think it right. could be a mental illness. Is it the parents? I put yeah. it on LinkedIn right. the other day, it went viral. And I'm saying, I want to speak to the, I've got a podcast. Parents, if you got kids as identifying as a cat and you're mm. allowing that, please come on and have a chat. Yeah. Or the head miss, and what's happened is, there's loads of people piped up saying that all these different schools are allowing it. Yeah. Let's get the headmaster on or headmistress on. Let's have a chat and find out. It's definitely why. happening because one of my kids' schools, um, there was there was a kid that identified. I forget what animal it was, but this is a thing. It becomes a bit of a trend. Mm. Like I believe the trans movement has become. It's become trendy to become either an ally of the trans, yeah. the, uh, the trans lot, or to be trans. Yeah, like all this non-binary stuff. This really is. It's either attention seeking by most, mm. or 
you know, it is a mental illness. Mm. And I think, you know, back in the day, kids would change themselves somehow to be different, to get the attention. Yeah. Now it's easy to say, I want to be a girl. Yeah. Or I want to be a boy. Mm. And the teachers and parents pander to yeah, it. I agree. But there was a case last week, I think, um, might have been in the Telegraph, a four-year-old was allowed to go to school as the different sex to what they were born. Mm. Now, no four-year-old can decide that. Mm. My four-year-old thinks she's Elsa. Mm. You know, they are children. And that really is the illness of the parents. Yeah. And shame on the teachers for pandering to it. Mm. Because if I owned a school... Or, or whatever, I would so, say, look, that's not happening here. But if you're employed as a teacher, you've got to go with the headmaster or you've the got to rules go with are. It. You can't go against it or you're going to lose your job. But unfortunately, a lot of teachers are left-wing and what I call woke. Yeah. So they embrace this. They think it's, you know... It's, it's great for society. It's great for the kids. It, Let them be it's free. Not. I know. We, we I know are, it's terrible, isn't it? We are promoting mental illness, yeah. really. And yeah. we are trying to shape kids into things that they're not. Mm. And a lot of people, you know, there's people I speak to on the show as well um, that regret thinking that like that they could change yeah. sex and some of them have gone through a lot changes mm. and they they said you know i was in a bad place there basically they're admitting they had mental health at the yeah. time and that was their out yeah if they could go back and change back they would they would yeah and that's the sad thing you know we're seeing things that was it costa coffee that had mastectomy scars on it was like a, yeah. a cartoon yeah. i think on one of the cups yeah. There's children's books with mastectomy scars like in there and like encourage. Mm. We cannot encourage kids to cut off body parts. Mm. Again, this is, we're encouraging mental health mm. issues. It's crazy, isn't it? And once you've cut them breasts off, they're not coming they've got, back. Yeah, they've got my life, yeah. You know, and why, why are we promoting this? Mm. This is extreme behavior. Mm. Listen, it's going to happen to a very, very tiny amount of people. But the way things are happening, we're promoting that yeah. as that's normal. Yeah. You cut them off, Dodge. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not normal. Mm. You know, it's crazy, isn't it? And as I said before, people must be able to live how they want to live, mm. but let's not start cutting body parts off mm. and pretending mm. that, it's, that it's okay. That's okay. Yeah, it's not. Let's roll a bit, a bit back there. When you were working in the city, what was your lifestyle like? Um, what did you see in the city? What, did you find it was life of boozing and cocaine? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah look. Yeah. Um, between the 16 and 18 before I met my girlfriend, you know, it was getting drunk Thursday, Friday, mm. well, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, mm. you'd end up in the strip bars mm. all the time. You know, <laughs> it was laddish behavior. You know, we'd get in some nights, two, three o'clock in the morning. I had to get on the train at half five, six. Mm. I would be so drunk mm. <laughs> coming back in. Mm. And there was, there was one story, uh, my friend Dean, he was a year older than me. We were both very young and we worked for a company called Tullet and Tokyo, very big yeah. company. And we had to be in early, but we'd been out the night before. And literally, I got on the train. It was the half five train from Loughton, Central Line. And I went, Dean, I don't feel well at all. It's like Woodford Station, a couple of stations along. And it was quite empty, luckily. I mean, I don't feel right. He stood up. I stood up trying to make it to the doors. And I puked all over him. Dean just turned around. <laughs> Wallet, wallet have that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> have that. But understood, but yeah. I couldn't help myself. Mm. Um, you know, it was junk food, boozing, mm. strip bars. It yeah. was pretty, uh, a pretty full on. Full on time. How many years did you do that for? So I was in the city from the age of 16 to about 24. Okay. 
you went all the clubs, all the bottles, all the sparklers, all the yeah. bang bang. But yeah, look, I was I never really hear it off in the city. Yeah. You know, I've got mates now that have they're, they're massive at what they do. It was enough money back then to go out, buy my clothes, enjoy, and enjoy. Life. Do you not think my pals were still in the city in their forties? Now they look how ah, good. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. My pals look haggard. A lot of them are going grey. Yeah, grey and haggard and not as fit as they used to. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, it takes its, its um, toll, doesn't it? It does seem to take its toll. Look, I can look at them. Some of them, I mean, some of them are earning oh, absolute yeah. fortunes. Yeah. And sometimes I look think, oh, should I have stayed in the city? Mm. That weren't for me, mm. really. Yeah. You know, I've never been into drugs either. Mm. I mean, the, some of my mates that are, are in the city and, and big, they're not into drugs either. Yeah. They, they never was. But the culture up there, was very druggy yeah. in the city. Isn't it mad that the, the amount yeah. of cocaine up there and they're running our country on the on stock exchange. And the, but that's probably, why, that's probably why my hangovers were a lot worse than <laughs> theirs because, you know, I was a bad boozer anyway, yeah. but I wouldn't do any drugs. Yeah. And, you know, the hangovers were awful. But it, that culture, when I look back, that's not going to be repeated now. That, that's fizzling out. Definitely you know, not. It's probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was your movements after that then? When were you starting to think, right, I want to get out of here, I want to start looking at getting into the bar, um, the bar world, pub world? In my early 20s, it weren't really going that great up the city. I started working self-employed up there. So I was a bond trader. Yeah. Started going on the screens and trading on stocks and uh, bonds and whatever. And again, I earned enough to sort of get by, but some of my mates were having it off. It weren't working. It was like, it was like going to a betting shop every, mm. every day. You'd have good days and bad mm. days. So I was looking for a way out and my dream was always to have a bar. Mm. So, you know, I used to pest, I've got like an uncle, uh, he's not my uncle, but I call him an uncle Keith. And uh, he's been in bars and pubs all his life as well. And he had some good contacts. I said, look, I'm looking for a spot. Yeah. I want a bar, I can see it, you know. And I think it was 1995, a uh, big corner plot in my high road come up. It was a pub. Whereabouts? Uh, Loughton. Loughton, okay. I went, that's it. That's that's me. So he put me in touch with him and my mum lent me the money. Really? You know, Quality. put everything I had into it. How, and much mom, she, how much did she give you, roughly? I think she lent me 100 grand okay, wow. back then. Fair yeah. And uh, yeah, no, she. I think she remortgaged her house. Did she? Because it went over. Yeah. We needed more money. Yeah. And she, she believed in me anyway. Mm. But I was getting people saying, what are you doing? That's mm. not going to work. There'd nothing. There'd been nothing like that in Loughton mm. for many, many years. And uh, opening night, I opened uh, February two thousand and six. I had every celeb, local celeb, turn up. I had three hundred people inside, and I had three hundred people outside trying to get in. Brilliant. It was like a glass bar. Everyone's banging on the door. Yeah. It was a bit of a shit show. Yeah. You know, it was far too busy. Yeah. I didn't really know what I was doing, even though I'd grown up in pubs. It was a massive shock. But, you know, we, we got through it and it become probably one of the most popular bars in West Essex Is in recent right? times. Yeah. So there was... What was the name of it? New Bar. New Bar. Is it still going? Nah. Oh, so, okay. No. So I sold that in 2012. Okay. So you had it a good uh, six years? Yeah, I had it six years okay. and it, it was good. I had England footballers. I had top actors, you know. What sort of faces you used to get in there? John Terry used to come in. You know, I used to get all the West Ham team yeah. come in. All the Tottenham team come in. Aaron Lennon times yeah, like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. all that. Um, and it was funny. Do you remember any West Ham faces coming in? Yeah, you know, I've, I've become good friends of them. Teddy Sheeran, I'd Teddy, go out with Teddy. Quality. Yeah, I've known Ted since I was 16. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's surreal. I'm a 25, 26 year old boy, really. Yeah, yeah. And I've got Premier League footballers ringing me up saying, oh, we're down the 
bar tonight, yeah. you know. And the back area, it was like a round area. I'd have five Tottenham players, five West Ham players. Then a couple of Chelsea might come over, text me what the birds like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's full of them, yeah. They'd come over. So they'd come from everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but amongst that, so, I, so some nights I'd have 10, 15 Premier League footballers yeah. in my bar. Quality. But then uh, amongst them, I'd have proper gangsters. Yeah. So it was, you know, I had my certain bits of trouble there. Mm. Uh, I kept my finger on the pulse with it. I, I, I run it well. Yeah. But as soon as I come out in 2012, it just erupted with gangs, yeah. bad, bad things. You had it under control. That's what yeah, you yeah, yeah. What sort of naughtiness did you find in your 20s, mid-20s for that six-year period that sort of come on top a little bit? Oh, many things come on top. You know, um, I'm talking about one funny story. It is a bit of a funny story. But when I look back, I, I look back in horror. There was a guy known. He, he was rumoured to be a hitman and this and that. He was a known face. In the area in East End. What's his name? I don't want to say his no, name. No, you don't say I can't. No, Is he no. still about today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, um, Has he been on the podcast? No. no I, I, he might have been. Yeah, I don't know how to get hold of him now. But it was a glass bar, yeah. so you could see outside. And I used to go and stand up in the DJ stand, um, really to not have the small talk yeah. with everyone being yeah. drunk all the yeah. time. But stand there, and he'd knock on, he knocked on the window, and he was with like another guy. But there was in like, you know the tracksuits that they wear in mm. uh, the 80s films? yeah. I looked, I thought, oh, he can't come in in that. It's a terrible look. No, it was quite a smart bar at the yeah. time, full of girls. Yeah. So the dormers looked over. I've said no, and I'm thinking, oh, we might just go away. Well, he's gone mental, screaming and shouting at the doorman. The doorman didn't want to talk to him. Yeah. They knew who he was. Yeah. I went out there. I said, look, I can't let you both in in them tracksuits. It looks terrible. So he had a T-shirt and underneath. He took it off and put that. I went, that's a bit better, but I said, he can't come in. He had like a bit of a jub with him. He went to the jub, you can go. I had to walk him round the back, but I patted him down. Oh. And his face, he went to me, you cheeky little, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I went, look, I can't afford for you to have something in there. Yeah. You know. Was he carrying? Me... No, he didn't. No, okay. have he yeah. might have left it in the car yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. all night I was on edge because I knew the faces. Yeah. And you're talking, you know, you open them books it's their sons yeah. or their, you know, that person, that yeah. nephew. Yeah. Big, big names. Mm. I had big black gangsters yeah. that, you know, we, we had Tottenham around the corner. Yeah. Big name gangsters. And they was all amongst it together. And I knew certain ones didn't get on with, mm. you know, you're on eggshells. Yeah, of course. You keep them apart. Yeah, didn't but it? Yeah. it was such a good bar mm. and the atmosphere was so good. The girls were, they didn't want to get barred. They didn't want to have trouble there, thank God. Yeah. So it was like their place to come and let their hair down, mm. but it could have gone so wrong on mm. so many opportun uh, uh, like occasions. And it's a, it's a fine line owning your own bar because you've got to protect that license like yeah. your life, right? Yeah. Was there ever a time when the council or old Bill were on your case? Do you know what? The, the licensing officers, I've had a few over the years, always used to joke that I used to, they never used to turn up, have to turn up because I dealt with it. Okay, good. You do it your yeah. way. Yeah. Which was good, but yeah. obviously I did have some bad things. I got I got arrested there one night. For um, a, a big fight happened. The doorman were dealing with it. Another guy come in with his shirt off, threatening my staff. I, I removed him. In in that removal, he was badly hurt. Yeah, and the police arrested me. I was I was in um, Loughton Station for twenty four hours. Mm. I got charged with GBH. Um, I was on bail for months for that. Just had my boy as well. Um, and I ended up going to Chelmsford Crown Court with a bag packed. 
and I was told that I could expect three years. Oh, my. So, what, and, what and a do, nuisance. Do you know the worst yeah. thing? The worst thing was that I'd always be quite hot headed. It was crash bang wallop. Yeah. You know, on this occasion, I tried to remove him without whacking him. Yeah. And it went wrong. Yeah. Um, so it probably wouldn't have happened. If, if I'd done my normal moves, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But yeah, I ended up getting off. You know, I had to pay for a good um, lawyer. Lawyer. Yeah. Barrister it was. Yeah. Top, top barrister. And I got away with it. But I still had to pack that bag and sit there with my wife knowing that. I could be down for yeah. three years. Oh, and that mate. changed me a lot. Yeah. But how old were you then? Roughly. Uh, 28. 28. What happened that night then? Did you take him out the back? Did the doorman give him a beating? Or did you just no, the, take the, the to doorman, him? No, the doorman was sorting out, like to, stopping two groups going at each other, yeah. basically down the side of the yeah. bar. And then he ran in, and obviously I've dealt with him, yeah. but I can't say too much. But yeah, in, yeah, the, yeah. in the removal, the guy's arm snapped in two. Yeah. And um, it was pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad. Anything on CCTV? Um, no, no, but a policeman see it. An old Bill saw it. Yeah. How? Because they was outside dealing, they was also oh, dealing mate. with the, the problem. So it, it was mad. It, it, it's horrible having it, anything yeah. hanging over you like that. Yeah. How long did that go on for from that incident from that night to the actual when you went was, to court? It was about 18 months. Oh. So going to bed knowing that I've got a, you know, I've got a kid. Kid, you're miss, yeah. You know, I could lose my business. Yeah. I might not see my missus for two years or yeah. three years. What's going to happen when I go inside? You know, how many people that I've had ag with? Yeah. I had a lot of ag with a lot of people yeah. over the years. You know, are some of them going to be in there yeah. or their friends? You know, it was a horrible period of time. Mm. But we got through it. You know, I got away with it. I didn't do it, yeah. you know. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the what was the feeling like on those 18 months? Was mm. it sleepless nights? Was it thinking, yeah. this is like, I'm going to end up going to Nick. I've got to be strip searched when I go into Nick. Then I'm watching a cell. I might be moved around. I've got my missus. I've got my kid on the thing, losing my business. Your whole world must have been come yeah. crashing down in that 18, and, and and not, 18 months as well to wait. Not knowing. So the CPS kept kept putting it on, you know, kept extending it. And it, it was a bit of a nightmare time. And I feel sorry for my wife, really. Yeah, I've Because I worked myself... Yeah. For sort of a year, eighteen months. But what do you mean you work yourself? I worked myself. You know, I I, I couldn't relax. Right. Okay. You work yourself up. Was, okay. That yeah. was always in the back yeah, of my okay. mind. Did you change in that period in the eighteen months? Yeah. Did you become harder to live with? Will you sit in your mind up going, "I'm going to Nick. I need to sort my mind out. I need to get my uh, mind in a position where if I do get put away, I need to deal with it." Yeah. Yeah. It definitely changed me as a person. Yeah. It, it also showed the consequences of certain actions. Yeah. You know, even up until that point, yes, I'd had problems and, and that, but suddenly to be hit with a reality that you're going to prison for three years, yeah. you're going to have a criminal record, you're going to be away from your family, it's not a, it's not a nice feeling. Mm. And it definitely changed me as a person. Mm. Definitely. What was that feeling like going to the Crown Court? Was it Crown Court? Yeah, Chelmsford. Chelmsford, in the court that day, knowing you got your bag packed, that you could be yeah. sent away. What was that feeling like when you actually, they said, you're oh, fine, go away? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. It was emotional. Yeah, I bet. Because I was, I was sat with my wife, mm. you know. Then I had to ring my mum and tell her, look, it's all all right. Your mum worries. Yeah. But, yeah, not good times. Not good times. And I hope I never end up in that position again. No, you won't. Not the age you're No, now. But it yeah. takes it takes a lot to wind me up now. Mm. One, I, 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 don't, I haven't drunk for five years either. Is that right? I wasn't a massive drinker, but I think you can tell 
I've got a bit of a fuse. Yeah. And once once that switch is flipped, yeah. yeah, it's flicked. Yeah. I can't really go back. Yeah. So with alcohol, it just makes things worse. Speeds it all up, doesn't it? Clouds your yeah. judgment. Yeah. Takes a lot to get me angry now. I mean, mm. still, if I go, I find it hard to come out of it. Normally, yeah. my wife or someone has to snap me out of it. Yeah. But alcohol used to just exacerbate mm. any reaction. Isn't it funny how our wives can? They were they're the only ones who can go. Oi, stop! What you yeah. doing? All of a sudden, you're like, you're right. Yeah. They sort of speak sense into you, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. But no, look, I'm I'm a lot calmer. Um, how old was that? How old were you then when you got away with it? You got 28, off 28, 29. 28, 29. Was the boozer still working in the 18 months? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're carrying on as normal as carrying life was normal. normal? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, still fronting any problems that I had and whatever, but I was just very mindful of the consequences yeah. suddenly. Yeah. You know, I think up until that point, point I thought I was a little bit untouchable I'm with certain things. Yeah, okay. You know? Did you ever call upon anyone uh, who used to come to your boozer, you know, have your back? Listen, my mates used to come in. My, 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 a lot of my mates met their missus in, in my right? bar. Yeah. You know, we had a great group, whether that be bankers or, you know, I had a few dodgy friends yeah. back then and, you know, local fellas. But, yeah, look, we, we was a group. If mm. there was a problem, I, I always had mm. people had my back, mm. you know. Nice feeling, eh? Yeah, look, mm. when you're a bar owner, people... You almost can have too many friends. Everyone thinks they're your friend. Yeah, they're not your friend. Yeah, of course. But they, it's like quite a glamorous job, especially when it's the spot, mm. when it's the place everyone wants to go. Everyone wants to be your mate. Mm. Isn't it funny. I had twelve nightclubs for ten years all around the country. Yeah, everyone wants to be your mate. Of course. Get us in. What's that? Q jump VIP. Where the girls? Yeah. What? Da, 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 da. Yeah, I hear you. What was your? What was? The, how many more years was it? Did you have that boozer before you knocked it on the head? Um. Another three years. Another three years. I sold it in 2012. What made you, when you got off on that court case, what made you carry on for another three years? And in that period, you're like, I don't want to be involved in this bar game anymore. Did it make you... Make you uh, no, because it was in my blood. It's what I wanted to yeah. do. And it was the spot. You know, I was living a good life mm. at the time. I, I didn't have a house. I used to live above mm. with my wife. I bought a Bentley. Did you, you know, I, yeah, like I, I was, I was, you know, I, yeah. I thought I was a bit of a, a chap. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I didn't have a house or anything yeah. in the bank, but I, I bought a Bentley. <laughs> but no, I was living a good life, mm. you know. Um, and and then until you have children and you realise priorities, yeah, then you've got to change. How old were you when you had your first child? Uh, twenty eight. Twenty eight. So after that, okay. Yeah. So did you find you were different when you got off for the next three years of owning that? boozer the bar and was there a point when you go it's actually coming to an end now i need to sell it it's yeah no I, I fought that for a couple of years okay and then my area become very very violent between 2010 and 2012 yeah there was a few other bars opening up and whatever the part it was quite a violent area everyone think oh essex yeah loud and lot of money yeah but people were coming from all sorts of areas yeah. london west london east, east london yeah. north london yeah Moving out there. Yeah, yeah, you had that, but you also had people traveling in. Yeah. Because the girls were there. Yeah. That's where all the girls That's were right. coming. Yeah. Um, it was quite a dangerous place. I mean, it's the same area like Epping Forest Country Club. Mm. Do you ever remember yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, that was notorious mm. for trouble back in the day. Yeah. But then areas change, they go through cycles, don't you? That's right. And I could feel it. From 2010 to 2012, I could feel that underbelly. Yeah. And I was getting to that point where, again, I'd already had been arrested and that thinking, I'm not sure I can control this as much as I used to. Yeah, I've got a bit more fear now. I've got more more, more responsibilities yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
yeah, a couple of things happen and someone come to me and went, look, blah de blah wants to buy it, he wants to go on Towie or this. I was like, done. Make me an offer. But it's that price. I'm not yeah. going for, for any less. Did you own the freehold? No. No, leasehold. It was okay. a leasehold. But okay. I sold it for a good amount of money. Yeah. It sort of it was a stepping stone for me to go. Can you remember forward. how much on a on peak a, a peak weekly what it would turn over? Uh, a bar. Yeah, that your. Bar I mean, there. It, it should only have held about 150 people, but I yeah. used to cram squeeze like, them in, Vaseline the door frames. It was it was crammed. You know, <laughs> uh, when I look back at pictures and think, oh, I had I get away with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, it was taking it was taking a lot of money. Good though. It was it was a good time. Mm, good for you. Yeah. Good time. I can tell by your eyes that you remember good memories from that thing. Yeah, but it's, again, I had good memories and I had bad memories, but I wouldn't go back and change anything no. because it makes you who you are. Isn't it funny that entrepreneurs, you kind of know, you feel an underbelly, you, yeah. feel, thing, you feel things change, you find a little bit of tension, you're like, do you know what, I might have done my time. Yeah. And it takes a good person to realise, I need to get out now. Yeah. Otherwise, a lot of bars and clubs around the country have just dragged it on, dragged yeah. it on, and they can't sell to no one. No. And when you can feel an area going as well, you know... Trouble's coming. Yeah, you know what was the what was the mindset then of before you sold it? Going okay, if I sold it for that amount of money, I've got my eye on something else that I want to move yeah, into. Yeah, I, I didn't really you have didn't? Okay. a plan B because it sort of come pretty quickly. This guy, so I had about six months where I thought, right, I'm going to have a bit of a step back. Yeah, I helped a, another friend of mine with his bar. Um, he was struggling on a Friday night, so I sort of put my name to his Friday night. Got a bit of wages that way. Filled it, filled it up. Yeah. Um, and then I got offered a pub, a little pub uh, in a neighbouring town, Bucker Still. I thought that'd be perfect for my mum. Um, for your mum? Yeah, my mum used to do like my mum used to do the sandwiches in my bar, and like, right? she, she's always done my money. Yeah. Like I trust my mum yeah, to do same. my bookwork and that, yeah. you know. So I thought, oh, that'd be perfect. Mm. And uh, I took that in twenty thirteen. So, so you had a year out, yeah, roughly. Yeah, okay. yeah, but I've still got it. It's called the Three Colts. Real good backstreet sort of boozer. So it's called the Three Colts, and you've Colts. had it now for the last ten years, ten, years, 10 11 yeah. years. Yeah, my mum still does the odd shift and and my money for me, and it's like a social. What's life, your mum's you name? Know? Barbara. Barbara, quality. Yeah, but everyone like everyone goes in there to see me. Mum see mum. You have yeah, a chat. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. Uh, How would you explain the difference of being in a bar to a, to a pub? Well, it was a natural. Evolution for yeah. me, because a lot of my fr friends are my age, so they're in their thirties. So they they were starting to get a. They'd met their girlfriends. Hold on, hold on. You're not in your thirties. No, you're trying to slip that in, weren't you? I'm forty-four now. 40, 40. Well, forty-four in a few weeks, but I'm, I, I was I was thirty-three when I took the pub. Yeah, uh, ten years ago. But um, do you live above the pub or are you separate now? No, no, no. Keep no, I haven't, I haven't lived um, above any places for probably. 14 years yeah. now. It's good to get oh, be away. Keep it separate, 100%. You know? But um, it's a good pub. Do good food, lovely roast, good Friday and Saturday night. Mm. You know, my mum works on a Monday night. She calls it the Monday club. She puts a bit of cheese out. But that's her social Old school, life. isn't it? Yeah, it's a proper old, old school, school. Love it. Pub. It's a good pub. Mm. Touch wood, I, I don't get the trouble there. I yeah. don't need to be throwing my weight about does it, anymore. Does it, does it work? Is it a well-oiled machine? Have you got a good management in place? Yeah, I've got... I've got I've got a few sort of, I call them managers, but they're sort of senior staff that they all have their different roles. Mm. You know? What's your What's your day to day like? What made you go from What made you go from a pub and then go getting yourself on GB News? How did you get on GB News? Right, so I've been on Twitter since two thousand 
2008 or 2009. Mm. I remember I watched the telly once, what the, the news. I think it was Jonathan Ross or someone like that was talking about this new social platform. They all talk to each other. Mm. So I joined it and immediately I loved it because you could start messaging people that you knew mm. off the telly or you knew in business and you had no other way of getting to them before. Yeah. And I loved it. It just grew and grew. And then I started taking pictures of the bar and celebs, mm. videos, mm. uploading. No one was doing that at the mm. time. No one. Suddenly all the Towie stars started retweeting me, putting my videos, my tweets up. I've got 100,000 followers, mm. I think, in 2012. Mm. I, you know, So it blew up. Mm. And everyone sort of knew me on there. And then I got a bit political. Then I started taking um, interest in politics. Uh, Has that always been with you? Or you was I've like always a... been interested in the news and having opinions okay. and, and okay, things, yeah. but um, sort of general elections, Brexit, you know, that fascinated me, mm. Brexit. And what I did. Did I could, you vote in or vote out? Vote stay? out. Yeah. But what what I found, I become very passionate when they were kept trying to cancel, cancel the decision. Mm. Oh, no, we need a second referendum. Mm. And I could see a sort of, it was like an establishment plot. Yeah. Like, my vote weren't good enough. Mm. Us plebs shouldn't have voted that. <laughs> and it become like something to like vigorously defend. Yeah. Yeah. And I was on there, you know. I even got I got invited by Nigel Farage to the uh, like the Brexit out party, yeah. you know, up London. Nigel Farage, good bloke? Good bloke. Good bloke, yeah. Good bloke. You know, I don't know much about his private life yeah. or whatever, but... I'd like I, to get him on. I like, I like some of the stuff he yeah. talks about. I, I take people as I find them. Yeah, same. And whenever I go to GB News studio... He's always, how are you? How's the family? How are the pubs? Loves yeah, a pub. Yeah. You know, so he always has time to come over to me and ask me. Nice. And I think maybe that showed on, I'm a celeb. Yeah. Suddenly people started thinking, hold on a minute. He's all right. He's all right. That but did, did help him, did it? Yeah. Mind so, you, he did get one and a half mil for that. Yeah. Fair wish, play yeah, to listen, him. I want to know who negotiated his deal. That's uh, a blinder. Listen, I'll take a lot less than that yeah. to go on there now. But <laughs> do you know what I found? So I spoke to one of the young girls at GB News. And I said, you're, you're left-leaning. So a lot of like the producers and things or, or the runners or whatever, they don't have to be right-leaning to be on GB News. Yeah. You know, it's a mixture of so many different political opinions. And I said to one of the young sort of girls there, she's early 20s, I said, why do you talk to Nigel? Do you, do you like him? Like, I know your politics. Mm. She went, I was sort of taught to hate Nigel Farage. Mm. I was told by the media yeah. that I really shouldn't like him. He's not a good person. And, you know, we're going to... So she said, I was dreading yeah. the day that he came to GB News and I had to work with him. She went, I love him. Yeah. He's such a nice guy. But So that's pretty indicative, I think, of how that the journey media went with... warp your mind. I'm a celeb. Yeah. Suddenly people are going, I hate Nigel Farage. Yeah. He's this, he's that. Yeah. They watched it and think... He's all right. He's all right. Yeah. And I, I think it's done him it's done him a massive favour. Yeah. And I, I hope that shows people out there. You can't just judge people by what others say. Mm. Because you, people are being taught, hate fight Nigel Farage, yeah. hate that person. Adam Brooks, he says this on Twitter. Yeah. He's this, he's yeah. that. Yeah, if you meet me or you meet, you realise we're not what yeah. they say. Yeah. You know, so I think I'm a Celeb has opened it up now for more people on the right. If I'm a celebrity come to you and invited you on yeah. to go on it, would you say yes or no? I, I would 
a few years ago, I would have said, no chance, it's yeah. not for me. But yeah, I think I would do yeah. <laughs> Quality. Now I've heard he's got one and a half mil. No, and I, yeah. I know I wouldn't get that. I'll but, take a quarter of that. Yeah, no, <laughs> I just think when you get, someone like me gets labelled so many things online. How do you deal with that? You're quite a, you're quite a fixed, strong, yeah, like, but you're thick-skinned as well, yeah, I right? I laugh at most of it okay. because it's hysterical. How do you get riled at all? Do you know when someone, um, do you know when you talk about people whacking up posts and it's everyone's giving you the nice comment and, and it takes that one horrible comment that can stick in your mind. Are yeah. you cool with that? Are you like, yeah, or, listen, do you fight I'll, back or do you just ignore? I do fight back a lot of oh, the time. But now, a lot of the time I just laugh. Okay. You know, sometimes I might even quote retweet and say, yeah. look at this idiot. Yeah. Okay. Or look what I'm dealing with yeah. today. But I've been on there so long and I've been so vocal. Mm. There's not a lot you can say to me. Mm. You know, I've got groups that target me mm. Like they're all faceless accounts. It's, it's either one person or it's an organisation mm. try and shut you up. But they call me all sorts. Mm. But, you know, even my wife goes like, oh, I was reading your Twitter today. They called you that. Listen, I laugh. Mm. How does your wife deal with it when she, when she's she not, reads She's up? not political. She's not, she doesn't like Twitter. She doesn't really like social media. Yeah. Uh, she just, she's in her own bubble. Keeps she's, herself herself. Yeah. With the kids, nice family. We've had the odd discussion about certain things and that, but she just doesn't. Would she ever say anything to pipe you down and go, whoa, hold on a minute, don't, don't. Do you ever, do you sign things off of her? Like some things, so, do you reckon that's all right to write? Or not? Not really. Not, is there anything you've got here? Do you reckon that's all right? Or am I I don't, not not that I can recall. No, okay. So but you just crack on. She's turned around and said, cool, that was a bit strong or, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're just riling people up by saying, yeah. look, if I'm in a mischievous mood, sometimes I might throw a little bomb on Twitter. Yeah, see what happens log off and five hours later just see the absolute meltdown yeah. that people you know sometimes are quite uh, I like doing that <laughs> but look so coming back to Twitter where it exploded Brexit yeah. Covid I was very very outspoken against government restrictions um, worked with some groups we fought back Sasha Lord from Manchester Manchester yeah good friend of mine yeah. Park Life Festival yeah he's Warehouse massive. Projects yeah. so he's a big name in hospitality yeah. I become sort of like the southern voice, okay. unofficial voice of hospitality fighting back yeah. against all the restrictions and lockdowns. We teamed up. He took the government to court. I think, I forget what it was that he stopped. I think it was the Scotch egg rule. Mm. Like nuttiness yeah. back then. Yeah, you, know? you couldn't order a pint without ordering a Scotch oh, egg or it was, something. It was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, like, yeah. And it's all coming out that, that yeah. they didn't have no evidence on yeah. this and that. It was making up yeah. as they went along. And the, the WhatsApp messages show the MP sort of mm. frame of mind. They knew what they was doing. Mm. It was just, it was theatre. Mm. You know, it was to try and put us back in our box, control us yeah. and all like that. But I think I've got another 100,000 followers during COVID. Yeah. And I would, uh, Julia Hart Brewer would invite me on her show on on um, talk. Yeah. I would do BBC uh, interviews about COVID and hospitality. And then GB News, Dan Wooten, come yeah. like messaged me and said, I need you on my show. Is that right? Yeah, and I went, ah, oh, no, nah, TV's not for me. Yeah. I used to like the radio phone-ins because yeah. I'd really let Give go. Give it some, yeah. But no one was looking at me. Yeah. And uh, I went, oh, I, I don't know. And he went, look, just just sort of fill in one night because we haven't got a guest. Like, I think it was a couple of days. So I went, go on. I, I was so nervous. Yeah. But I went Was it up, live? Yeah, it's live. It live. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like we sort of come in and out for two hours. I'm on the set, A, then I'm in the green room, I come out and they tell you sort of the the topics of the day and you've got to have your opinion. Well, Dan knew my opinions on most things, so he knew I wouldn't hold back. And uh, I went home and I went to my missus. How was that? She went, that was really good, you know. Oh, quality. And I watched, I must've watched the show 
two or three times yeah. to about three in the morning. Yeah. And Dan messaged me the next day. He went, the viewers liked it. I liked it. Come on the panel, you know, Quality. do you want to do it? And I haven't looked back. It's been about two and a half years now. Quality. So again, like GB News, people throw insults at GB mm. News. It's this, it's that. We just offer a different platform, yeah. a different opinion. Yeah. So, you know, if we're talking about the trans issue, the host and me might have an opinion, mm. but then they have someone else that is for yeah, okay. women, uh, trans women yeah. going in into women's toilet. There's always a balance. Okay. And the mainstream media don't like that. So, you know, we get attacked a lot. Political stuff as well. You know, I'm set on, on a city. I've got a lefty mm. next to me uh, and I've got a righty next to How me. How would you explain to the listener like what a lefty is in your view and what a righty is? Well, sort of conservative values, you know, um, how can I say? I mean, a, a lot of left left politics is for the government controlling you. It's mad how yeah. it's gone. Yeah. You know, they, they just sort of want to roll over and let people dictate their lives. Mm. Um, I think a lot of conservatives are, you know, entrepreneurs. Mm. We want to sort of, we want to kick on. We want to do it. We want to be... Our, our own person going forward and create our own futures and mm. have freedom to do that. But I mean, it all sort of come to a head really with politics when Jeremy Corbyn steps into the frame. And for me, that was very, a very scary time. Yeah. Suddenly we was looking at maybe socialism coming to, you know, anti-entrepreneurs, anti-business yeah. really. And then, you know, I've got children. I'm starting to think, well, Am I going to be able to leave my house yeah. to my kids? Everything I do in my life is thinking about my kids, mm. right? Okay, they're going to get the house or, or mm. I want to leave them something so their life is easier. Mm. And when Jeremy Corbyn sort of come to the, oh, really scared that we- You were, were, you were scared. Yeah, that yeah okay. our future was like, you know- In his hands. Yeah, yeah. like wasn't going to support businesses, mm. wanted, was going to tax you to the hilt, take your house off your inheritance tax. And, you know, so, you know, that really got me sort of interested in talking about politics mm. online. Uh, and I think Twitter now, you know, I don't buy a newspaper really. Mm. I get my news. I'll go on The Guardian. I'll go on The Daily Mail. I'll go on The Mirror. I'll go on The Telegraph. And I'm reading the same news, but different slants. Yeah. And then it's for me to work out where I okay. sit with that. Yeah, okay. I like to do that, yeah. you know. So my wife sometimes, she'll go, you're on that Twitter hours. I go, yeah, but your dad sits with his cup of tea and his newspaper for an hour. You don't say anything to him. Yeah. I'm reading news. Mm. It's not just a messaging app. Mm. It, it's a lot of things. And mm. I think since Elon Musk bought it, it's just evolving. And you've got Twitter spaces. Yeah. I sit up sometimes and I listen to Twitter spaces. Is Twitter space any good? I it's like, like it. Did, did, we, did you ever go on Clubhouse? No, no, like where people can just actually talk. That's Twitter no. Spaces, right? Yeah, so Twitter okay. Spaces. So, like, you know, recently we're going to the boxing after. Yeah. I, I go in boxing spaces and I'm listening to different people's opinions on that. But sometimes I go into political ones or, you know, I want to learn about what's, you know, this Gaza Israel thing. Don't want to go into that really now, but I want to try and understand it more. And you'd have people from Israel on these Twitter Spaces people from Gaza on okay. there and I'm trying to listen understand. and understand yeah. why do they feel like that? Yeah. Why why are they so passionate? And and I think Twitter's evolved and suddenly you're going to get a lot more mm. videos, a lot more. You're going to actually get programs that are going to be streamed. Mm. 
on Twitter. It, it's getting huge. So I'm pleased I've got that big following I have now. Yeah. Are there other, are there other socials? Because Twitter ain't my bag. Right. I'm more LinkedIn, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I'm, listen, I, I, I'm on Instagram. Yeah. But a lot of it is sort of just your family, family, yeah, boxing, boxing stuff and uh, and whatever. You know? Do you not think Twitter can be like, oh, it's a certain, it's a certain topic? Do you it's, think it? Listen, it's very toxic. Yeah, okay, that's why I, I don't want to go near it. Very, very yeah. toxic, but it gives you the opportunity to listen to different viewpoints okay. or read different viewpoints as well, and comment and create threads. Comment, and da, 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 yeah. you know. I've interacted with celebs and that that I would never meet in a million yeah. years. Yeah. You know, during COVID, I had former England footballers, I, I ain't going to name them, mm. that we're back and forth talking. I'm thinking, mm. you was my hero. Yeah, as a kid, yeah, growing up. In the 1990 yeah. World Cup. And I'm yeah. like, I can't believe I'm talking yeah. to you about Brexit. Yeah. Or, it's a mad world. Yeah. yeah. It's a mad where did world. The, where did the boxing get involved? When did the boxing get involved? Right, so. This is the boxing misfits that yeah, I'm, you're fighting I'm, on. I'm a misfits fighter. Yeah. Um, Explain the listeners what so a misfits fighter is. A misfits is. fighter. So KSI, uh, for people that don't know KSI, one of the biggest YouTube names there is in the world. Yeah. I think he's got tens of millions of followers. Yeah. You know, he's evolved. He's, he's many things, a musician, that, but he's known for YouTube. And it, a good fighter, to be fair yeah, to him, isn't he? Yeah, so him, him <clears> and um, a few others set up something called Misfits mm. and, and it's influencers... Uh, celebs, um, different figures. Basically, it's like a boxing sort of league, sort of competition, yeah. really. And uh, I took my son to a KSI fight uh, a couple of years, well, 18 months ago at Wembley Arena. And you've never seen anything like it. It's like 15, 20,000 people screaming for KSI. As, my, a, as a YouTuber? Yeah. And uh, my boy went, Dad, could you get on this? I was like, because we were doing a bit of boxing at yeah. I took him to the boxing car. Yeah. I said, I'll message him, but I doubt it. And sort of a year later or so, November, I had a Misfits fight against uh, Rhino, the, f the former gladiator. gladiator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a tough man. Yeah. He, he was, it had five fights, five knockouts, a bit older than me, mm. but he was like a piece of granite. Yeah. And I hurt my hand on his, uh, on his, on his body. I hit him, but yeah, I knocked him out in the you, second round. You knocked him out with an uppercut, wasn't it? Yeah, good uppercut. Yeah. What was that feeling like knowing you're going in there? What was your training like? Were you training like a professional yeah. boxer? Were you switched on to go everything out my way? I was way? training as, as much as I could, like okay. a professional boxer. Okay. I've, I've, you know, we, we go to a local boxing club, me and my boy, and, and I was training anyway. But I had to step it up, and I've got a gym at home. Where I yeah. turn my garage into a gym, but living with three kids, got two dogs that need walking, mm. you know, and my wife and. Money business and, pub, yeah, course, and yeah. doing the GB news, yeah. I was trying to fit my training. So I was training probably eight or nine times a week, some, mm. sometimes twice in a day. Mm. Um, it was Nutrition, a, how's the food? Bang on? Yeah, 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 as much as I can. Like, again, the lifestyle of, of trying to fit things in, sometimes you have the odd slip up. Mm. But it, it's really a midlife crisis. I, I, I had two fights in my 20s with like six months training. I was never allowed. My dad was a big boxer out the East End. Yeah. I was never allowed to do it. Mm. When I was getting in a little bit of trouble, teens, early 20s, I had two fights. Got st strung up, really, um, mismatches. Mm. I fought a traveller from Ireland, got beat. Fought another guy that had had 20 amateur fights. I basically got bashed up in yeah. the two fight unlicensed fights that yeah. I had in my 20s. And I gave up. Yeah. I thought, that ain't for me. Yeah. And then 20 years later, I've sort of... I wanted to learn it. it. It's a boyhood dream of mine. Was it? Was it? Was it a part of you going? I want to do it for my boy, but I also want to do it for my old man and yeah. keep the, carry the name so on as a fighter. 
my first fight come back was September. I did um, a fundraiser for a little guy, Isla, that died. Um, oh, yeah. Brain cancer. Yeah. And I've been introduced to, to for by her parents uh, on Twitter, funny enough. And I did fundraising to try and help her get her last wishes. They brought her to the pub. My little girl played with her. There was a connection nice. there, you know. And I hadn't really ever met a little girl that was dying. Mm. And it upset me mm. a lot. Again, I'll say meeting Isla changed me mm. a lot because it suddenly brought some real bad, it's like bad energy of life. This is what's happening to children. And there's no research really into into this. So I said, look, I'm going to do a fundraiser. And I picked, um, I picked an opponent to have a charity bout at your call. And a guy called Bash Fakuri. He's quite big on Instagram. I know Bash. Yeah. He's coming on here next week. Is he? Yeah. yeah. That's mad. That is, is mad. mad. So I'd see Bash and he's... he's, uh, he's you, a, were you mates with Bash before no. you fought him? So I messaged okay. him on direct message. Yeah. I see because he'd been in the Daily Mail for biting a guy's ear off. Yeah. I thought, I need to get this out here. Yeah. You know, I need to make it like, so people want to sponsor me. Yeah. And whatever. So I found this guy and my trainer, one of my trainers went, Oof. like, because he was, I think, former K1 champ. Yeah. Which is... But um, now he does. Now he does uh, unlicensed, unlicensed fighting, but no, no rules, rules. Yeah. zero rules. Yeah. So he travels to like Germany. Yeah. And uh, fights in an underpass. Yeah. You know. Don't get to meet who you're fighting. Go in there. Like, and like, like he don't mind me saying this because yeah. he's nuts. Yeah. He's bonkers. Game as <laughs> a bible. Yeah. And I messaged him. I said, "Look, I can get you this for this fight. It's with gloves. You'll call. Be a good bit of coverage, but it's for." fundraising yeah. and he's like I'm all over it Yeah. so put him in touch and um, it was quite good nature we was having a bit of banter sort of on Instagram to try and hype the fight mm. up but I did say to him look I'm on GB News I'm not going to start screaming and shouting yeah. and swearing at you yeah, that's not me um, so he'd sort of try and mug me off most days saying what are you doing you're a news reader you're coming against someone that fights every week and all like that I was like listen I can handle myself don't yeah. worry about me and then the night, he weighed in that day at your call and he purposely come in two and a half kilograms over. So they turned around to me and went, do you want to call it off? I went, how can I call it off? Mm. I raised 42 grand for mm. this charity and the whole thing really was the boxing bout. I had all the tickets sold. I went, I can't call it off. And he he hadn't drunk or eaten for 24 hours to get to the kid. So I was basically fighting someone a stone heavier yeah. later that day. Mm. And it was still all right, but when they put us together in the ring with a ref, he sort of leant into me, put his head into mine, mm. I'm going to bite you and all that. I flipped, I headbutted him. Did you? Yeah. So, is, this, is, this on, is this on camera? Is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a footballer's headbutt, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I've headbutted him and he's gone mental. But he didn't think that that was coming back from me. He kept okay. calling me the newsreader. Yeah. But he, like, he didn't really know my past that like, I can fight. Yeah. And... Yeah, I knocked him out. Well, knocked him down. He was counted out within the first minute. Like it, that, I came there to box, and he he turned that switch in my my head yeah. by turning it violent. Mm. And you know the the rest is history. But I uploaded on TikTok. I've I've got a TikTok account. Mm. My my boy was like, "You're not going on TikTok. You're not doing that. Mm. You're going to embarrass me." I said, "No, it's just going to be my GB News stuff." Yeah, I think I've got about thirty five thousand mm. followers. I said. 
and maybe the boxing stuff. He's like, all right, Dad, don't, don't mug me off. I, I ain't gonna. Is that your boy? Said, yeah. Don't mug me off. Quality. So I was like, all right. I won't What's your boy's me. name? RT. RT. Quality. So um, yeah, I uploaded the clip of the the headbutt thing, and I think it got a million views. I think, you know, it went crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Look. It is a proper midlife crisis. I've got so a midlife crisis fighting is okay. Midlife crisis of going get all in one tight suit and going cycling everywhere. That's a midlife crisis. I don't like that. I've no, got friends that do the that. cycling. I can't go anywhere near that. And on the roads, I can't stand yeah. cyclists. Yeah, they really get on my nerves. <laughs> They're a certain type, yeah. and I've got some really close friends that do it all in that lycra and that. You look ridiculous. Ridiculous, isn't it? You know, that's not a bit of me at all. You know, and they they go and they go and like cycle 50, 60 miles, yeah. and I don't even like like driving here today was a big thing for me. Yeah. I don't like driving yeah. that sort of amount yeah. of time. But um, what was the movement after that fight? Then did that give you the confidence? Going, you know what? I want another piece of that. I like the bars. Yeah. So I've been talking to mm. a guy called Mams Taylor, yeah. uh, big figure. You know, he's KSI's manager. He's a yeah. he's a he's a big sort of name, and he co-owns Misfits with KSI okay. and all. And uh, who else? Is it Jake Paul involved? No, no, that's that's like the opposing. That's the America. So KSI and Jake Paul hate each other. Yeah. They will eventually fight, fight that, yeah. but they're doing their own things at the minute. Okay. But that is like the pinnacle of what I say influencer crossover boxing. Them two, it'll be watched by ten million. Maybe uh, who do you uh, think would win, KSI or Jake Paul? I think KSI, but he's my boss. Yeah, he? we're misfits. I'm going to say that. But <laughs> no, it'll be but a, genuinely, it'll be, it'll be a good fight. Yeah, KSI mixes it with pros mm. and it's all right people taking the mickey out of his style and doing the old arm flaps mm. and, and all that he he went the distance with tommy fury yeah who's a pro professional boxer, boxer who's yeah. fought his whole life yeah he might not be the best professional boxer mm. but he's a professional mm. boxer you know for ksi and a lot of people think i thought it was a draw on yeah the night. same i really did mm. um but was there nothing in the contract that there was a rematch or not? I, I don't, don't know. know. I haven't spoke to him about it. Mm. I mean, if they boxed again, again, it could go either way. Yeah. So that that's a credit to look. I I will I will give credit to Jake Paul and KSI. These were YouTubers. Mm. They hadn't really boxed. Mm. Suddenly they can get in. Jake Paul's got in with other pros. They're getting in with pro boxers. Yeah. And I don't think people understand how hard boxing is. How hard it is to get good at boxing mm. you know and, and boxing fit match fit fight fit I different can't, yeah. yeah like for, for me I don't know how pros do 12 three minute rounds yeah it, it amazes me what were your rounds three minutes uh, um, three rounds so the charity one was two minutes it was meant to be three two minutes but yeah. it, it didn't last one yeah. bash and against Ryanair it was three threes three, four, okay but the difference between two minutes and three minutes in boxing rounds mm. Is it's a totally different sport, really. Mm. You come out crash bang wallop. It don't matter how fit you are, you're blowing after that blow. first yeah, round. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, against Rhino, it was a pretty intense first round. I stopped him in mid mid second round. Was he winning first round? Or yeah, you yeah, he was. Yeah, so there were some big names sort of commentator. Have you ever heard of True Jordan? True Jordan, yeah. He was one of the. Um, yeah. It was on DAZN or DAZN. Yeah, was it was it? a big thing. Yeah, okay. You know, my fight's been watched probably by a million people yeah. around the world, like yeah. since. Um, big thing. A lot of pressure. And where was it? So that fight you had against Wino, was it your call? Was that was it? your call as well. Was so it was it? a London show. But I mean, there's some big shows coming up, I think, like Wembley Arenas and that. I'm on the roster. I haven't had the call yet, but I've just started training two weeks ago. So I could get a call at any moment, say, look, six weeks' time, you're fighting here. You know, paid. It, yeah, paid. paid. So worthwhile I, money. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
against Rhino, I won't say the money, but I didn't realise there was a knockout bonus. It's sponsored by Prime. You know, Prime, yeah, the, 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 drink. The, the drink everyone yeah. goes mad about. Yeah. So, Have you tried it? Yeah, I, I've got cases of it at doors because, uh, like, Misfits send me yeah, it. Yeah, okay. um, so, Do you like it? Do you like Prime? Um, yeah, listen, I, I can drink it. Yeah, but, paying you. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely. I love Prime. Prime, so do I. If you want to get involved in the podcast, Prime. Um, but yeah, so I got told on the night, they went, you might win the Prime bonus, you know. I went, what do you mean Prime bonus? They went, there's a knockout bonus yeah. on the night. And they went, yours has got to be the best. I was like, well, hopefully, we'll see. I didn't really think, I was still on cloud nine. Yeah. I got home that night. I was watching the video of the fight till four in the morning. Yeah. You know, I was buzzing. Next day, speak to them. They said, you've won the prime bonus. Well, I've just took my family on holiday uh, to a nice place with my prime bonus. So Happy thank you, prime. Days. That was that was lovely. Happy days. So, what were we talking? Five grand, ten grand? No, it was more than that. More than ten? Yeah, it was more. The prize was it was a decent prize. I don't want to I don't want to say, but it was a it was a good prize. Happy um, days. And suddenly, my wife is a little bit more on board with the boxing <laughs> since that. But I've just said now, like I've said to Misfits, like I'm just coming for them bonuses every time. I'm just going to come out swinging. I said, stick me with anyone. Yeah. I said I might get out boxed. I might, you know, I might start blowing. But I've got a I've right got a hand. chance and a right hand. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's really. What was your tra- what was your training like before that Misfits one? Because the Misfits you had you, you had your your charity one, charity which one, was lovely. It, yeah. it gave you the no, taste. No, of it. I stepped it up. You stepped it up. Suddenly you're getting paid. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm up there. So many people hate me online. These lefties, and that I know if I get knocked out, which is probably going to happen at some mm. point. You know, I'm going to start fighting a twenty somethings and a thirty something. Yeah. Uh, at the last show in Leeds two weeks ago or a week or so ago, there was like six knockouts, I think, in the whole. So and they were big knockouts. Yeah. So it's going to happen. The standards getting better yeah, okay. and better. So I, I know I'm going to end up being a meme or or whatever at yeah. some point. But who cares? Who cares? Look, yeah. if anyone takes the Mickey out of me, and listen, I've got friends that go to me. What are you doing? Yeah. I go. Look, I enjoy it. I'm fit. I'm getting paid for it now. That yeah. weren't the initial thing. Obviously, I did it for charity. Yeah. One thing I, I will say is um, my last fight against Rhino, I had knives down written on all my corner um, T-shirts okay. and any tweets I was putting out of doing interviews. I've got, a, obviously, what happened to me dad? He was stabbed yeah. to death. Yeah. I've got a 14-year-old boy, Artie. Knife crime. Yeah. We've seen it in the last few days. I think Bristol, yeah. two teenagers have just been killed. Yeah. It's an epidemic. It's everywhere. And it's everywhere. And it's not yeah. just, look, do I think by me having knives down and me doing interviews, me mentioning this and people listening, that I'm going to change a gangster's mind mm. or a young kid in a gang? Mm. Not, no, they're not going to put it down mm. because Adam Brooks yeah. said it. But, it's but one, one thing I will say is that, like, like my son and his mates, at some point they're probably, like, you know, a few of them might have thought, oh, should we carry that knife yeah. around? Nice kids are carrying knives. Yeah because they don't realise the consequences. Mm. So they need to be told a few hard truths. Mm. You know, I, I, I've told my son now, it was only last year that I told him about my dad and, and the manner in which it happened. How did how did your boy Artie react when you told him about his granddad? He gave me a cuddle. I think he maybe in his mind probably understood certain why I act certain yeah. ways. Yeah, He was quite upset about yeah. it. And I think he spoke to my mum. He, he felt sorry for his nan. You know, but I think sometimes they need to know the consequences of what can happen with knives, you know. So it wasn't just my dad's life that was lost. 
I've spent probably, you know, 30 years of my life every day thinking about it, sort of yeah. ruined my life yeah. for the rest of it. It ruined, you know, the people that did it never end up in prison for it. But, Do you know who did it? Who killed your dad? Um, yeah, I don't really want to talk no, about it. No, I don't know. But no, yeah, no one ever went away with it. And I suppose as a youngster, you want retribution, you want all that. That's not me. Um, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather stick it in their faces as being a happy, yeah. successful guy. Yeah, good for you. Now, you know, the fact that I went into pubs and bars and I'm online, we, we didn't go anywhere. We didn't shy away. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I say that to my son. There's, there's no... The, the, trying to be a big man, trying to be, oh, I'm this, I'm that. Mm. It's not going to get you anywhere mm. in life. Mm. You're going to get hurt. You're going to go into prison. But I think by talking to my son and his mates and that about knife crime, maybe they'll talk to other boys or yeah. may, maybe one of them might think twice. Yeah. Think, you know what? So even if that's, that's happened, mm. I've done my job there. Mm. So the gang, the gang stuff, people like me are not going to change it. Yeah. But I think, Talking about the consequences, normal kids, I carried a knife. I'm, I'm ashamed mm. that I carried a knife during certain parts of my life because I knew I was being targeted. Yeah. But that's the problem. Yeah. And you think you're getting targeted, so you're yeah. going to carry just in case. Yeah. You don't want to use it, but when the instant something happens, you're going to go, but, and then you're going to get nicked. Then you're going to get 30 years, and uh, you're going to sit behind a door for. Was I a gangster? Was I? No, no I wasn't. No. But I carried a knife, mm. and again, I'm ashamed of it. Mm. Especially well done, well especially been straight for no, admitting as well. Especially my because of what happened to my dad. Yeah. For me to turn around and say I've carried a knife. Yeah. But I'm trying people to understand that. But one of the reasons as well I don't drink is because I always want to be in control of my self. Yeah. And what I try and what I try and um, explain to the young kids or whoever I'm talking to about knives. You might have that knife in your pocket with no intention yep. of using it or even pulling it out. Mm. It's there for a, an emergency. Mm. If you've had a drink or some of these kids, I've never done drugs myself, mm. but kids that are on drugs, you lose that process of thought. Yep. You could end up stabbing someone and ruin your life mm. as well. But also your family's life. Everyone's life. effect is huge. So, you know, these kids, these nice kids that are carrying knives around, mm. they get drunk. They get high or whatever. C certain situations, they could end up killing someone yeah. or getting arrested because they've made a bad judgment. Mm. We need to stop that. Agree. But I mean, the one thing we've got to stop is the kids f going out with fear. Mm. A lot of the time, I was putting myself in that situation with the clubs, the bars, yeah. being being an idiot in, as a teenager. You know, wanting wanting trouble with yeah. doormen or gangsters. Yeah. So I brought a lot of heat on myself at that time. But nice kids going out, Carry I worry about yeah. him going down the high road, yeah. you know, and, and kids mugging him for his coat. down here? Yeah. It's down in Bournemouth. Yeah, it's not just a London it's thing. It's not just now. a London thing. We or moved, a city thing. Yeah. yeah, it's happening down in all these little suburbs everywhere. People are now moving out of Bournemouth, going in the countryside to get away from it all. Yeah, but it, it's, it's... Crazy. It's endemic, you know. Tell, uh, me about, tell me about that fight. That fight. What was that feeling like when you knocked out Reiner that night in front of your own crowd. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I still watched, I, I watched the fight or the knockout every few days, you know, because I, I feel like it's a quite a big achievement yeah. for a 43 year old. I know he was older than that, but on a big stage to do that and no one expected me to beat him mm. and all the work that you put in to suddenly doing that, 
you know, I, I never thought I was a knockout merchant. Suddenly mm. I've knocked two, two people have... out that can fight. Yeah. And that were bigger than me on the night. Mm. So it's given me quite a lot of self-confidence. Yeah. And again, I keep saying to misfits, stick me in with a 20-something or a 30-something. I know they're better than me or I might come unstuck. Just want to see. I need to know where I am. And the I'm, pecking order. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, listen, I might get hit, but if I catch him clean once, mm. I've got a puncher's chance. Mm. You know, it, it's something I've dreamed of as a kid and suddenly I'm living it in my 40s. That's quality. Which is mad. Yeah, mate. Love it. Yeah. What's that feeling like when you woke up the next morning? Because you're, you know, when you're buzzing off something, yeah. when something's like mad at me, you're on it all night, you get a bed at three, four in the morning because you're buzzing. You wake up and the reality is of, did that a massive happen? fight last night. Yeah. I knocked out Rhino, it was a lump. I could never have envisaged man. it going that way either. Yeah. So yeah. I was on cloud nine for like a week. <laughs> yeah, I bet. You know, I was walking around like Conor McGregor, the old, <laughs> the the old, old, old. swagger, <laughs> you know. Um, but again, I'm, I'm very real and I, I know, look, I'm not a boxer, mm. but I've put in the work to try and be the best boxer mm. I can be. Mm. So if I get beat or end up a meme getting knocked out, so be it. You know, there's a lot of people that want to see that. Mm. Um, but it's character building. Mm. And again, when I when I won the charity fight, it weren't just for Isla. I had dad on, on my yeah, shorts. I, saw, yeah. I looked looked up. Yeah. Not that I believe in religion or anything like that, but I felt... Energy from the old man looking yeah, down. Yeah, I started crying. Yeah, I bet. When my uh, arm was raised, I started crying. I bet. Because it's decades of emotions that you, you've, you you've held in. And that night, a lot of demons went, you know. So Powerful last, stuff, last year, mate. last year was a, a big year, year for me. And boxing was my channel to change my life. Yeah, you know, I don't know how they saying I could fight once, twice this year. We will see how it goes. Are you game? Someone phoned you today and said, yeah. well, four weeks time, you got to fight. You got to be on stage. You're getting paid that amount." And I drive. That's how much a, listen, I drive Mams Taylor KSI mad. Just stick me on. You know, I don't care <laughs> yeah. who it is. Yeah. Just because I just want to fight. Yeah. And again, I don't want people to think, oh, he thinks he's a right tough guy. I don't. No. I just, I enjoy it. Yeah. You know? And I know, again, at some point I'm going to come unstuck. But are you I okay, think, that feeling that one day you're going to come unstuck? Yeah. Have you dealt with it in your head? Go, that's good. Yeah, I get banged out, I get banged out, but I gave it a go. And, and, and going to these shows since and seeing people, how they react differently to being knocked out. Um, in Leeds, there was, there was one guy, Spartan Jay. Uh, he's a calisthenics champion, mm. little muscly, unbelievable body. He was the favourite against a guy called Fox the G. And I know all these, they're, they're like characters, mm. I know all these people now. And Spartan J got knocked, I mean, knocked Spark out. He was cold, they had oxygen on him. And that. And within an hour or two, I see him round the back of the bars, laughing and joking with people, look, that's boxing, yeah. that happens. Yeah, another guy, uh, Ed Matthews, very big on TikTok, huge. Mm. He got knocked through the ropes, ended up on the judges. Oh, I saw that. On the, judges on the judges thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you a story. I was meant to fight him in September on yeah. the prime card. Like I was I was the backup and I got called up. So I had a bit of an interest in him. He's very Larry. Mm. He was a bit rude to me in Manchester as well. Is he a Northerner? Londoner? No, no, he's a Londoner. Oh, no, uh, no, he's Essex. Essex but okay. he's very sure of himself, yeah. young. Listen, he's young. He, yeah. he learned. But yeah. he was a bit rude to me in Manchester. And uh when he got knocked through the, the ropes, I was laughing, jumping up and down because it was it was funny, you know. But um, where am I going with this? The fight up north. What was it like up there? Yeah, no, no. So up in Leeds. He got knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he got knocked out. And the other guy, Spartan Jay, was really sort of humble. That's boxing. I come back. I'll avenge it. I'll yeah. do this. 
he stormed off. He didn't even come back into the ring, like, you know, and I thought, oh, that's, you know, and people are talking about it. What a bad loser yeah. and all like that. I know I'm going to be humble. If yeah. it happens to me. I When I see, when yeah. I see proper faces, boxers afterwards, the best man won. What, I'll be yeah. back next time. I think respect. Mm. You gain more respect by being humble, yeah, I think, yeah, than yeah. getting aggy afterwards. I just think you mug yourself mm. off. Mm. Because it is a sport where you can get knocked out. Mm. You will lose at some point. How's your profile gone since the fight? Like if you go up to the if you go up to yeah, the box I, in there, do people recognise you? I, and, I, yeah, 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 yeah. So I got, I went to a Misfits um, in Leeds, and people were having pictures with it. It's crazy, yeah. you know. But more so, I was walking around Leeds, and older people going, going, GB News. <laughs> but it's always like sixty plus. Yeah. You know, when it does happen, it don't happen a lot. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm yeah. famous and yeah. everyone yeah, comes yeah. up. They don't. But when it does happen, it's normally older people in their 60s and go, keep saying what you're saying on yeah. GV News. Quality. You know? So, like, it's, it's a bit of a mad life mm. that I've got at the moment. Have you had any, any dealings with Barry and Eddie Hearn? I know Eddie. You know oh, Eddie? Me and Eddie are friends. Okay. Uh, we have been same sort of group of friends since we were 16. Did you go to Brentwood School? No. No, okay. No. But my friend, my friend's his best mate. Okay, I'm good mates with Barry. Barry, his old man. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know oh, Barry. He's know, quality. Yeah, isn't yeah. He? I've been to a few parties at Eddie's house, and yeah. he's he's quality. Yeah. But um, Eddie's just kicked on. He's done unbelievable. He's unbelievable what he's done, isn't he? He's took boxing to the next level. Yeah, completely. And do you know what? I'm pleased. A lot of you know. Sometimes you feel like some people live in their father's shadow. He's took. Yeah, he got a good start. Yeah. He's took it to a new level. Do you know what He's I loved him? Do you know what I loved him the other day? Eddie goes, oh, someone says, yeah, everyone calls me Silver Spoon, but do you know what? I turn that Silver Spoon into a Gold Spoon. Yeah. I thought, what a one-liner. Because yeah. it must be hard, you know, when you've got an old man who's the biggest sports promoter independent mm. in the world, all the sports, bam, 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 coming through... People go, oh, you've been getting it easy, had it easy. Yeah. But actually, he's grabbed it and he's a proper grafter. Yeah. There's no one grafts harder. You so know, he's and he's taking it to the next level completely. He's the, he's the biggest boxing promoter right in the, the world. world. Yeah, and he's a Londoner. Love and it. Uh, listen, and we used to all go faces nightclub when yeah. we were six, well, six underage, yeah. but between sixteen and twenty, it was all together, all mm. different groups. He's just kicked on. And look, respect. He's a very intelligent yeah. man. Yeah, to be able to do that and deal with a certain people he deals yeah. with in, in in that scene. Sharp. Fair play. Sharp, he? He, there's nothing about boxing he mm. doesn't know. What about IFL TV? Have you been on? I know Coogan. You know Coogan? <laughs> no Coogan well. Yeah. I've known him many years. They, so I remember Coogan when he first started off. Well, he started off in like 2010 or something, wasn't it? Right. Was... So Eddie, this is mad. So yeah. Eddie, sometimes, I think it might have been one or two, but they had a weigh-in at my bar, mm. the new bar in Loughton. <laughs> he went, can I use your bar for a weigh-in? I went, yeah, of course you can. And Coogan was there and I met Coogan and I did an interview with Coogan. Yeah. And then to see what they both become, really, Coogan's yeah. kicked on. Mate, he's had copious amounts yeah. of views on YouTube. What he's done on YouTube has been mm. phenomenal. Well, he was the pioneer, really. Is they part? They co-partner. He's got a partner, in he. I don't know. I only know Coogan really yeah, okay. with that. But Eddie, Eddie basically brought him in, yeah. didn't he? And again, give him a leg up. But yeah. Coogan took it to the next level. Yeah. All these sort of vloggers, the boxing, but they're trying to copy Coogan's Agree. model. Agree. And maybe he's catching up a little bit, but he's had the best years of it. Yeah, he has, hasn't he? Do you know, you know what I love? I love the Coogan-Eddie combo. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. they got this certain vibe, haven't they? Who's yeah. that young kid coming through on TikTok? Is with Eddie. Uh, 
Parsons. I know him. Old. Yeah. Oh, so, you know so now, like, how old is he then? Is he young? Oh, he's, he's quite so cheeky and chirpy. I know he? Parsons. I know him. All the IFL, t- <clears throat> IFL TV boys, Joe Pugh, and yeah. all that, because they cover misfits. Yeah. Okay. So I've been doing interviews with them on misfits, and they put you, you know, suddenly there's Adam Brooks talking misfits, and then there's like Nigel Ben talking, you know, he's fighting a weekend. You go down, and suddenly you're on there, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a bit surreal. But misfits has transcended now. People see it as entertainment. So mm. you've got your pro fights, which is, I think, pro boxing got very boring. Yeah, it did. Over the last decade. Mm. Too political, very boring. Suddenly misfits come along and some of the ideas that the, the pro shows are now toying with yeah. have come, come from, from influencer boxing yeah, yeah. and misfits. And, you know, some of the shows I've been with, you, you've had, you know, you've had Tommy Fury ringside before he fought. Yeah. You've had some big names, big name boxers ringside. Eddie Hearn's been mm. at a couple of the misfits shows. How many of those boys, though, were anti when it first came about going YouTubers, load oh, of bollocks, da, 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 da. Loads of them. And now they're actually going, you know what? They're pulling in Look, massive numbers. So, influencer boxing. Pay-per-view, like massive. My, my son would never say, Dad, take me to the boxing at your call. Yeah. Never, never. But he would say, Dad, take me misfits. Yeah. And that's, you know, you've probably got 10-year-olds up to 20-year-olds that will only watch misfits boxing. Mm. And what's that? That's filled gyms up and down the country mm. with young kids that think they can be boxers. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. Because again... You know, it's good for the sport, but it's good to get these kids off the street. Mm. So you can attack influencer boxing all you like, and I'll, I'll get attacked for it. Silly old man, what you're doing in yeah. this? And I, okay, you know, maybe I am too old for mm. it, but it, it it's enjoyable. And the viewing figures that they're getting on that uh, DAZN or DAZN are huge. Yeah. So there's a market for it. Yeah. You know, I, I sort of liken it to remember growing up, you had WWF or WWE, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. the characters. Mm. It's sort of like a hybrid version of that and boxing, really. I think it's fantastic for the sport. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, look, and it d- brings a whole different demographic. Yeah. It brings all the kids on YouTube instead of playing all together. Actually, but do, do you know what, what makes me laugh? Suddenly I flick through Instagram or whatever and or TikTok and I see that celeb started training. I know what they're up to. Yeah. You know, they're waiting, aren't they, for they're, the pound they're, note? They're, they're, they they want to try and get on Misfit. Yeah. And the amount of celebs that have messaged me saying, How did you get on there? <laughs> I go, well, I drove a mad for a year. Yeah. You ain't just getting on there now. <laughs> I'm on there now, you know? It's um but some big names. There's mm. some big names trying to get on it. Like who? Uh you got Joey Essex. It's Joey Essex. Joey, Joey Essex, bless him, and I I like him a yeah. lot. I've seen him grow up yeah. from the bars. He he put out there he wanted to fight KSI. Is that right? You know, and a few people did have to just say, listen, calm down a bit. Yeah. Like, KSI's fighting pro boxers. Proper, yeah. But you're going to see Joey Essex on Misfits mm. this year. Um, and there's some other big names that I can't really talk yeah, about. Yeah. But, you know, it is getting more coverage and it's growing, you know. Moving forward for you, what's 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 2024 look like for you? I don't know. I, so, obviously, you do events. You've got festivals. I, I do, uh, like, a quarterly over 30s night, I do. So, new bar that I've spoke about. I do like a reunion thing. So I call it new do. Quality. You know, you t- talked about your friends earlier. True, true do's. Yeah. I've got new do's, you know. Brilliant. And, um, do you know you, Tony Truman? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good lad time. Yeah. And uh, he's been going throwing parties 30 odd years, 40 years, I think now. He's coming proper up. Proper legend of the game. Yeah, yeah, he is. 
you know, to still he's be been in on. It. He's been on a podcast. As a good yeah. lad. Yeah, no. Stories. Yeah, yeah. As so you've gone, you gone for the new do? New do, Quality. yeah. And it's an over 30s thing. So I've been doing it a few years, two, two, two and a half years. And I basically, it's just a local nightclub and I put four, five, six hundred people Brilliant. in there. And it's, it's nearly all school mums, you know. And it's hilarious seeing 30 and 40 something school mums that you're seeing either the high road or at the school gate yeah. suddenly they're dancing and then Brilliant. the odd ones being sick at the end of the <laughs> night you know but what it's become is again n- nightclubs are gone they're gone they're completely Do you know gone. in 2019 there was 1500 clubs in the yeah. UK today we're sitting on like 600 and they're just getting more and more less I, I talk I talk to my nieces like my niece is like 24 or mm. whatever they don't really go clubs no. they go festivals, festivals yeah. or if there's a big event at a big super club, yeah. once they're, they're booked the tickets for that, yeah. they mostly go restaurants where there's DJs or they go to house parties. That's right. Nightclub culture is gone. gone. I think it's sad. And it is sad. It's because a British culture for us. I've had parts of nightclubs. Yeah. You know, I've, 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 I've been a partner in nightclubs yeah. and, you know, I used to love it. Mm. And you just knew as soon as the pubs come out and the bars come out, mm. that club was filling up that's with four right. or 500 people. At 10 p.m., 10.30. That's, yeah. that's not happening. Yeah. That that. I don't know if it'll ever come back. I hope it does, but I can't see where it, where it will do. I don't know what to trigger it because I always used to talk about seven-year cycles. Yeah. and out, But it's not a cycle no more. That's just stopped. stopped. Yeah. The age I mean, group of that 17, 18, 19 missed out on those three years. Yeah. Stopped this cycle. Yeah. But I mean, I've been to a couple, like with, with Misfits, I've been at Manchester, I've been uh Leeds. Yeah. Student sort of towns, you see... But it's Some not like clubs. it used to be though. The student, we used right. to when I we used to have the super clubs like two and a half thousand capacities, three thousand capacities, mm. rammed Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, the weekend. They ain't going out anymore. No, well, they find uh, all the club. There's no clubs to go to, and if they are, they're just going. They call it prinks now, like pre drinks at home and leave yeah, at midnight yeah, and go yeah. to a club. You got to think. You got cost of living crisis. Yeah. they got less money. Mm. You know, you can go. We all know supermarkets sell the yeah. cheapest booze. It's killed pubs and Quid bars. A bottle. Yeah, you know. And they just don't want to drink as much either. Yeah, they want to look good on Instagram yeah. and have a good... So society's changing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad we had it in the 90s. Yeah. Well, I used to... Go, I'll tell you what. So between the ages of 18 and 22, mm. I would go out Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. There was a place called Charlie Chan's on a Sunday mm. in Essex. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'd go out four nights... Mm on a run. I mean, I had I had my girlfriend at the time that I then went on to marry, mm. Chloe, but we'd all go out in a big group, big group of girls, big group of boys, yeah. you know, loads of us. Mm. And the single ones knew that they would, they would, they would meet someone through, through, through going out. That's what, yeah. Now they don't need to do that, yeah. do they? They swipe. Yeah. I can't think of anything worse. I used oh. to love going to chats up, look, building up the courage to go and have a chat with a yeah. bird or yeah, teeing up your mates or whatever. It's more fun, not, wasn't it? It's not how it goes now. Yeah. You know, my fourteen-year-old boy. You know, they're oh, they're talking to all these girls online. Yeah, I say, you ever met any of them? Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Well, okay, I think <laughs> that'll change when you get older, boy. You know, it's it's mad. Adam, I've loved this chat, mate. I've Same. really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. No, thanks for having me, mate. It, it was, was worth pleasure. the drive down. Worth the drive yeah, down. So I'm, I'm a big fan of your podcast. And you get some good people mm. on there. So I feel a bit honoured, you know, sitting here and that you wanted to hear my story. I did. Thank this you, is, mate. Yeah, you've done, you're doing blinding today. Before we finish up, where can people find you? Right, so Twitter, I'm EssexPR. Mm. On Instagram, I'm Adam Brooks Media. Mm. And TikTok, I'm EssexPR UK. Mm. Lovely. And it's something for everyone. Look, 
hopefully I don't offend people. You know, my Twitter, I can go off on one. Mm. But I'm also on GB News on a Wednesday night. I'm a panellist. If you want different opinions, watch our show, 9 to 11, Patrick Christie show. Quality. And uh, yeah, I don't hold back. You know, I'm not, I'm not told what to say. Mm. They ask me something and I say, like, I'll say like, it. We, like we've, we've sat here and said now. Cards on the table. Cards on Wallet. the table. I say it. Yeah. And, you know, I get MPs messaging me, mm. watching it. You know, oh, well, what did you mean mm. there? But suddenly it hits home. Mm. You know, someone, a publican, a mm. bit, bit real. Yeah. You know, maybe they go on their coffee mornings with Susan and Flo down the road. They ain't saying that to them. Yeah. I'm saying it to mm. them. You know, and, and maybe it helps a better understanding the people that run our lives mm. need to start talking to more people mm. like publicans, mm. like market traders, like taxi drivers. Agreed. And then suddenly the world, you know, the, the country might start getting run properly. I love so. this whole story, Adam. You've lived a, certainly an eventful life. Mm. What I've taken from this, there's a lot of things I've taken from this, but your old man at the age of 11 mm. and what you've done to carry on the boxing, the pubs, Everything you've done with him in mind. Yeah. <clears throat> That's he, really powerful. He's always been in my mind. And I say, look, now we go on about mental health and people speaking to people. Probably for 10 years, I should have been in counselling yeah. after that happened to my dad. But I worked it out and it worked out okay in the end. Good for you. You know, but nowadays, you know, I would have been shipped off to go and speak yeah. to someone. Yeah. Probably put on some tablets yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But I think... When you've worked out a lot of your demons and a lot of your problems in life mm. through mistakes, as I said, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes mm. and I nearly pay for them dearly, mm. that it makes you a stronger person. And I hope my son can look at that. Mm. And I'm very honest with him. Daddy did this. Yeah. Daddy did that. Can you believe it? And he's like, what? Mm. I go, daddy was lucky not to get arrested. Mm. Daddy was lucky not to get hurt. You might not be so lucky. Yeah. You know, he said to me, oh, I want a, I want a pub, I want a bar. I was like, please, please don't. Yeah. Please don't. Mm. It's not the glamorous life. Mm. You've, you've lived it. Mm. You know, with nightclubs, mm. come gangsters. Yep. Come ag. Yep. Come threats. Yep, a whole lot. You know, over the years, God knows what I've had under my bed. Mm. I can't even say it in here mm. because I thought I was at threat. Yep. You know, some nights I've whisked my wife off to another another house or a friend's, mm. you know, or I've had to tell my mum, mum, tell me if you see a funny car outside yeah. your house. Yeah. That's not a good life. No. And people think, oh, they look at me, oh, I wear my specs on on, on the telly, mm. me blazers mm. and think, oh, who's this idiot? Mm. I have got a story mm. and hopefully they can it's listen to something like this and think, oh. Do you know what? You're a you know, really good role model with your little boy. I can hear that now. Before we finish up here, mm. Have you got one last word to say to your old man? I just hope he's proud. It, look, if, 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 if there is such a thing as people looking down, I hope he looks down and thinks, I'm proud of you, son. You know? Not sure I do believe in that. I'm not religious mm. or whatever. But I've always done things to try and make him proud. Mm. And, and again, going back to that, that first fight with Bash, when I had my arm raised, I bawled my eyes out because... That was 30-odd years of emotions with my dad coming out. Amazing. But it's amazing what holding things in can do to your mindset. You know, maybe I've been I've been moody for no reason because I've been thinking about that one day. It just, a lot of that left me in September. 
And I think I'm a better person. So one thing I will say to people is you've got to tackle your demons. And, you know, if there's something you want to do for a loved one or whatever, just go and do it. Because yeah. that doing that Could that I'd thought about for so long yeah. meant the world to me. Yeah. And it, it, it freed me. You know, you've got to free your mind sometimes. Yeah. And again, what I would say is I should have spoke to someone in my earlier mm. years. If now you're going, then demons are in your head. Go and speak to someone. Yeah. You know, or do something that makes you happy because bottling things up could end up getting you in trouble yeah. or making you ill, you know? Adam, so you're a proper gentleman, mate. Thanks, Dodge. Yeah, I've really thoroughly enjoyed this. I wish you all the best for you and your family moving forward, mate. And you. Thank you. Quality. Cheers. Good man. Nice one. Cheers.